This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Final hour of the program, Monday edition. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us wherever you may be, however you might be listening, whether it's on the 500 some odd AM FM affiliates all over this country, whether it is on the tens of millions of monthly downloads. We encourage and respect any way that you can possibly consume the show. Would like for you to go subscribe on YouTube. Type in my name, Clay Travis. Type in Buck Sexton. You will find your way to subscribe there as well. And I'm going to keep hammering this home. A great way to reach the kids and grandkids because that is where they spend a substantial portion of their time. So, uh, you can find us on pretty much any platform, encourage you to do so. Now, over the weekend was the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and it felt to me like this was being covered even more aggressively than maybe in past years, potentially, I think, because they're obviously during COVID were a couple of years when this was not taking place. So I'll start with been? this question. No, I was going to ask you. Yeah. I've never been invited. Would you go if you were invited? I was I was there my first ever year working in media for the Blaze in uh, 2011. So what was um, it like? It's it stinks. It's not it's not fun. Like how like, many, I know I'm like how many people are in the room? You were a single huge, guy. Huge. It was a gala. You know, Obama obviously spoke. I, I didn't even just so you know. I didn't even stay for the Obama speech. I left and got drunk with a bunch of BuzzFeed underpaid employees. That's what I did. So I bounced. I I, I don't want to say I wouldn't go because inevitably somebody will grab this clip and they'll be like, oh, look at what a huge hypocrite Clay Travis is. I've never been invited. 
So I've never have had to make the choice of whether or not I would go. And I don't know when I would be invited who the president might be, right? By so, way, I wasn't invited like because I was cool. Our, we had a table, basically, Yeah, I think, and and like people didn't want to go. And I was like, well, because a lot of them lived in you know other places in Texas, whatever. I was like, well, I, I'll go check it out. I've never been back since, never wanted to go back since. It's just like... First of all, I'm not a gala guy in general. I'll just say now that doesn't mean I'll never go to galas. So don't you know? Don't hold me to that. But generally speaking, um, I'm not a big gala person. But also, there's something very weird. You know, they used to call it nerd prom. Like, oh, it's nerd prom. This pseudo self deprecation. They don't think they're nerds. They think they're really cool, and they think what they're yeah. doing is really important. And they're all in the cool kid club. And if you're there as a conservative, you're like a you're like a you know a, a zoo animal to them. They're like, what are you doing here? So it's not good. I uh, I got picked on by my wife, as I usually do, because I, I did not dress well for the wedding we went to this weekend. So I'm sure that I would dress poorly for the White House correspondence. Flip-flops, Clay? Flip-flops, Clay? Did you? No, no, no flip-flops. Okay. No flip-flops, but I did not wear a suit. First of all, it was 180 degrees in Las Vegas, So and it was an afternoon wedding, and I was like, I, somebody's going to die if you have to wear a suit coat. Um so this is going on. Is this the first time Biden has spoken at the White House Correspondents Center? Did he speak last year? Uh, they were I so terrified remember. of COVID that I can't even keep up with when they had it, when they didn't. I know they didn't have it for a couple of years, basically. And then Fauci yeah. got caught. Of course, Fauci's there. Fauci got caught going to the uh, like the pre and post parties or whatever after making. Did he make a big deal about the fact that he wasn't going to go to the White House Correspondence Center because it wasn't safe? And then they caught him at like one of the big pre uh, parties. White House yes, correct. Yes, that is. That is, is I mean, that was one of the most classic Fauci moments of, of all time. You know, he wants to be with the cool kids, but also wants the virtue signal that the unwashed masses who attend the White House Correspondents Dinner main event. They're putting your grandmother at risk, but, you know, Fauci going a little side party, doing the Macarena, no problems with that one. So I'll play a couple of these because I do think um, you should at least know what they're saying. First of all, uh, Biden just can't talk. I mean, and this is not getting any better. Here he is talking about how he brought home wrongful detainees from Aranda. Listen to this. We've been able to bring home dozens of hostages and wrongfully detainees to wrongful detainees from Afghanistan, Burma, Haiti, Iran, Rwanda, Venezuela, across West Africa, around the world. Is it supposed to be Rwanda that he's saying there, I guess, maybe? I, I, I don't I even know. I think so. Uh, he also then talked about Tucker Carlson uh, being forced out. Here is cut 26. We really have a record to be proud of. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results. But the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> what do you moan about like that? Like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. First of all, that's not even really funny in any way. And I just, I come back to, on the Tucker front, Buck, I think Tucker is going to be far more powerful as a independent voice in some way than he was as an employee at Fox News. So, but the reaction was as if Biden had said something really interesting. If I'm Tucker Carlson, I love that. I want to play that um, because that room reacting as they did to him, it's not his audience. Can so you imagine though? It actually I mean, I, helps him. 
I know it's kind of funny, but uh, or you know, it's funny to think about this. But if you had a if you had a Republican president who made a joke about you know if Rachel Maddow who just got fired, they'd be like, "Job loss isn't funny." Like people depend on that show. Like they all they have no oh, yeah. sense of humor about themselves. They can only make jokes about the other side, which is 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 always the case. But I thought this was interesting too, where he he even made a joke, Clay, about. How he doesn't take questions from uh, doesn't take questions from the press. Here, do we have twenty four? Play twenty four. A lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for ten minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. Uh-huh. By the way, they just they, they just say this stuff, and it's like ha ha ha, and they don't do their. They're all frauds in that room. This White House Correspondents Association, we're here to, you know, do journalism. That is a gathering of regime media. That is all it is. There is, there is no, I mean, there are, you know, I know there are a couple of Fox people there, but you know, it's 98% Biden flax in a room and they're making jokes about how the whole thing is a fraud anyway. I, I just, you know, it's just not good. It's it's just not uh, it's uh, the whole notion too of this like oh like we should all get together and like they don't speak truth to the to the White House. They don't speak truth to Democrats. So why even go through the pretense? Well, what's also interesting is it's not even a joke. That is what he's doing, and I'm sure you saw the Politico piece where they said, yeah, we basically only have the window of ten to four, ten a.m. to four p.m. to be able to do any Biden events. The fact that Biden was up after dark is almost unheard of. Can you imagine the leader of the free world in an article inside of the Politico, which is usually very deferential in many ways to parties in power, they don't schedule events in the morning until 10, and they don't do events after 4 in the evening, by and large. They have a six-hour window where they can do things like how are we in a place where the president is in such enfeebled condition that they almost can't even trot him out to do anything? I mean, this is... Even for Democrats, I feel like justifying Biden all the way up until November of 24 is going to become virtually impossible because every time we see him speak, it's almost like, Buck, he's on some sort of speed when he's reading and he's trying to go as fast as he can and just get out of there. But this is, but this is uh, a little bit like your argument about the Supreme Court switching it back, which I think is is compelling. I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Um, they don't care, <laughs> right? I mean, Biden is a clown. It's Fetterman effect. He, it's Fetterman effect. They don't care. He's a Democrat. They'll get what they want. Their team's in power. Democracy is under threat, right? All this stuff. Um, and and ultimately, it, they they don't expect that Joe Biden is anything other than what he is. So I don't think it really matters to them. You know, Ronna McDaniel just put out uh, from the RNC. Uh, Ronna McDaniel just put out that it turns out in 2022, they did an RNC autopsy, so to speak. And we didn't win in key races. Independent voters. Yeah. Now, you know, we try to talk about this here. We discuss it with everybody. Say, hey, guys, got, got to win independence if you want to win. And, you know, you hear a lot of voices out there, different pundits and stuff. No, we're just going to just base turnout it's not gonna work it's not gonna work so gotta see well that's my argument for all the trump people out there i want you all to be thinking 
what is going to change in 2024 that is going to make Trump win? And and I'm uh, 81 million people showed up for Biden. 75 million showed up for Trump. And you could be screaming at your phone, they don't count, they cheated. Do you think they're not going to cheat in 24? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, we're not going to run the same game plan that already won us in 2020? They're going to do everything they can to rig the election. Trump won in 2016 a very close race because he won independent voters. The last time that Republicans won independent voters in an election was 2016. Okay? How and what has to change to win independent voters in 2024? That's the whole game. Everybody can sit around and talk about it or blue in the face about everything. Independent voters are going to decide this election. Do you think that Trump is doing a better job, question for everybody out there, talking to independent voters now than he was in 2020? It is interesting. There's some, there's some, uh, I'm seeing some analysis out there that when Trump uh, attacks DeSantis from the left, on issues, which he's done with Disney and and a few yep. other things, that that's actually a move toward the center for independence. Now, I have I have seen this, and, which and, is and a, maybe by the way, maybe that answer is yes. Well, my I, concern. I, I was just going to say, Clay, on on the uh, on the federal abortion issue, for example. Yeah. Um, I I do think, and this is going to be a longer, more difficult conversation. Um. It is not, because I've looked at the data and the numbers of this too, I know you have, it is uh, going to be very difficult for Republicans to win if they take a maximalist position on Correct. protecting life in a lot of places. It's going to be very difficult to win. That's not a comment on the morality of it. Everyone knows how I feel about the life issue. But if you want to win and prevent Democrats from running the table and then passing extreme abortion stuff, which is what they want to do in a lot of these states, so Trump on that issue, coming at DeSantis from the left, saying that abortion should be a state's issue, not a federal issue, I do think that there's a basis for, or a strong basis for saying, for a Republican who wants to win nationally in 2024, leaving it to the states and not taking up that issue, and this could be other issues as well, um, as a federal one, maybe smart politics, whatever one thinks of the morality of it. I think it's 100% smart politics. And... My concern, and this is what we're going to keep hammering over the next, whatever it is, 18 months till the election. How many people are willing to change their vote? I think the way Trump is going to win is actually by Biden not having enough enthusiasm, right? Because a lot of people are less likely to say, oh, I voted for Biden in 2020. I was wrong. I'm going to flip back to Trump in 2024. I think they're more likely, Buck, to just not show up. I, I think that everyone like what can you I, do I think to get with, people with Trump, to not be as fired up. I think that Trump is the is the get out the vote effort for the Democrats in their minds. That's all they have to do. So if it's That's Trump, what they think yeah, if it's Trump, I mean, I, I know this from Democrats. You can read, <laughs> read and listen to what they're saying. Um, that is their plan is that as long as it's Trump, they feel like they'll, you know, and it's interesting, too, because the whole finish the job thing. I think that that's that's a, a double entendre. It's, uh, you know, sort of two meanings. Yeah. It is, um, finish the job of being Biden, you know, Biden being president, but also finish the job of defeating Donald Trump. I think that that's part of the, of the messaging, uh, campaign there too. 
because that's how they're going to get people to come out and vote. They're going to say, we have to stop the threat to our democracy again. So we're just talking about how we win, how we find better pathway for uh, for a Trump uh, victory here. So that, and that's going to it's going to have to run through independents or suburban women or white working class voters who are, well, fall into that independent category. Uh, it's got to, the votes have got to come from somewhere. With inflation on the rise in the stock market, more volatile than ever, protecting your retirement savings can feel like a real challenge. To weather today's economic uncertainty, the Phoenix Capital Group recommends diversifying your investments right now. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. There are both Regulation A-plus and Regulation D corporate bond offerings with different maturities, qualifications, and rates. There's also a 9% APY starting at a $5,000 investment open to all investors. Download the Phoenix Capital Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investor guide today at phxonair.com. That's phxonair.com. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
We've been saying this is going to be the way they try to deflect the fact that Biden is uh, too old for the job. I mean, we have to come up with better language, I think, for this, but but language that's sort of respectful of the fact that, you know, we're all hopefully going to be in a place where we're too old to be president of the United States one day. We could all be so lucky or should all be so lucky. Um, but it, it's absurd what they're doing with Biden. But here you go. They're they're already talking about this. This was on one of the Sunday shows. Trump's no spring chicken either, they're saying. Play 22. Joe Biden is operating as if Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, and his future success depends on Donald Trump being the nominee. When you have seven out of ten Americans that doesn't want to see Joe Biden run for election, and six out of ten Americans not wanting to see uh, Donald Trump run as well, uh, this is a, a potential rematch in 2024 that nobody wants to see. And unfortunately, whether we like it or not, age is going to be a factor um, in this campaign because uh, guess what? Donald Trump's no spring chicken either. Hmm. And so this is is something that's that both candidates are going to have to deal with through their primaries and, and and President Biden in the general election. Look, it's not going to be a meaningful primary for Joe Biden. So, put I mean, I, I'd be shocked. I could could be wrong. I'd be shocked if that was was not the case. Um, uh, but Donald Trump and Joe Biden going up against each other, it, it, this is an issue. In so far as it does, they're within what four years of each other. Seventy-eight versus eighty-two is the yep. way that I think it's going to lay out. I, I was talking with some people out in Vegas over the weekend. I think 80% of Americans, if you told them, hey, you get your proverbial magic wand, you can cancel Biden and Trump out, and both people get to pick, both parties get to pick new nominees, I think 80% of Americans would do that, right? Not trying to get a competitive advantage, just you can wipe out 78 versus 82, right? To me, the race... America would probably like to see the most is DeSantis versus Newsom, right? 30 years younger. They clearly don't like each other. They have very differing visions of how America should be run. And that's my biggest, like Biden has no business being president now, much less being up for reelection. The biggest weakness that he has is his age. Trump in many ways, even though Trump has infinitely better control of his faculties, Trump and takes that off the board to some extent because you can say, yes, Biden's 82, but if Trump's 78, you just got two old dudes in a lot of people's minds. So I think everybody's got to think about, I think 80% of Americans would say, let's wipe the slate clean, let's go younger. If you own a small business and you've employed five or more people over the past three years, you may qualify for a refund of your payroll taxes up to $26,000 per employee irs program known as the employee retention credit that's the erc you can read about it on your own but you're going to want to find help from a firm with real expertise and that's why you need to go to getrefunds.com. in less than 10 minutes you'll see if your business qualifies for erc assistance could be the most profitable 10 minutes this year GetRefunds.com already helped clients claim over three billion dollars in payroll tax refunds through the erc they may be able to help your business too no upfront charges they get paid after your business gets its refund many business owners don't believe they'll qualify based off incomplete or outdated info not the case go to getrefunds.com. that's getrefunds.com. play travis and buck sexton on the front lines of truth we're just talking about the fact that joe biden could be 82 Donald Trump could be 78, and that rematch in 2024 could be on the horizon next year. 
and the fact that I believe the vast majority of people, if they could, would replace Trump and Biden. Not one or the other necessarily, just, hey, I'm ready to turn the page. We need younger people running for political office. I think the vast majority of voters out there would make that change. But I will say this. Uh, Biden, the DNC is protecting him. They are saying, hey, we're not going to have the uh, the Democrat debates. RFK Jr., you heard on this program last week, up to 19 or 20 percent support, which is a sign of how weak Biden's support is in the Democrat Party. But now Trump has come out and said, hey, you know, the first RNC debate, I believe, on Fox News in August, Trump has now come out and said, nobody really consulted with me. I don't know that I'll debate either. They're trying to protect Biden, clearly, the DNC. Buck, I don't blame Trump if he's going to be up. In the most recent polls, he's up, you know, 30, 35, 40 points on his next closest rival. It looks like Tim Scott's going to announce on May 22nd. DeSantis may announce also in this next couple of weeks. If you were Trump and you had a 30 or 40 point lead, would you debate? I wouldn't because I think that elevates his contenders and I don't think he has that much to gain if he's truly that much of a favorite. Well, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's certainly possible I think for him to make that make that case and I can understand why he would and I would also just put in there I don't think that debates really matter all that much in terms of how the election really goes one way or the other. I think it's very rare. I can point to and anyone who disagrees or doesn't remember this, go check it out. Mitt Romney, absolutely, believe it or not, I know this sounds crazy. Mitt Romney destroyed Barack Obama first in the debate, first, debate, first debate they had. I mean, an absolute, like, as bad of a butt kicking as, you know, short of like a Fetterman situation, but as bad of a butt kicking as you would see on a debate stage. And now there are two other debates, to be fair, and there was the Candy Crowley moment with, oh, he did call them terrorists and whatever. And, um, but didn't, didn't, you know, didn't budge anybody, it seemed, for Mitt Romney when all said and done. Now, maybe that was just a Mitt Obama situation and not transferable to general politics, but I, I feel like it's really hard to see. But I guess people would, would, would say on the other side of it, when you have elections that are as tight as some of these presidential elections have been, even if you're talking about swaying 200,000 people. people yeah. 40,000, which when you're, when you're, when you have a debate audience of millions and millions, you know, maybe that could make a difference, at least theoretically. But I generally think debates are a little bit overplayed. But I think that, uh, I look, I like them. We like them in the media. We want to know. I think that people have a right to demand this. But in a general, it's, you know, it would come down as you're too scared to debate, I think. But I do believe Biden will, might try this. If Trump refuses to debate in the primary, Biden's going to refuse to debate Trump. Because he's going to say, well, you know, you didn't feel the need to debate, and I don't want to platform you he's gonna threat to democracy, line. man, you know? Yeah, now, I would say Trump in 2016, I think the debates were massively important to him because it got him on the stage, and he had to go toe-to-toe with whatever it was, the 18 other people running and I think that that was must-see television. Was it Fox that had the first one, the Megyn Kelly controversy? I think all of that benefited Trump immensely. 
My thoughts, though, are if you're up 30 or 40, the number one rule when you're winning big is just ignore your opponent. You ever notice if you're in a big red state or a blue state, a lot of times they won't even name the person they're running against because it's like they've never gotten a glove on them. And why would you give them the attention of that uh, of that naming? And so I, if I'm Trump, and I'm stunned, Buck, that he has pulled away as much as he has based on the numbers as we sit here in May... It's hard to know what the things will look like by July 4th, late July, things can change. But if the numbers are similar as they are today in August, I don't blame Trump strategically for saying, yeah, I'm not going to get on the stage. I got nothing to prove. Could very well be how it all shakes out. Now, what this is where we all, this is where the cliches start to rain down everybody, you know, uh, six months is a lifetime in politics yeah. and all this, all this stuff. I mean, they're cliches for a reason, though. It's true. Um, we could be seeing, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Eh, another bank failure, more bank failures than we've seen since 2008. A lot of people saying that a massive recession could be coming, but that's not the major news story in the country right now, right? That's not getting that much attention. I bring it up because that could very much change the feel and the, and the, um, the battlefield. Of the election and, and we profound could be at war with China in the 2024 election, Buck. Like, if you're talking about crazy happenstance, would it blow your mind if China just said, "Screw it, Biden's a weakling. We're going to invade Taiwan sometime between now and 2024"? I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. It is amazing. Whenever I've asked somebody who studies that issue specifically and is a, a policy nerd on the issue of Taiwan, say, "What would we do?" You know what everyone kind of says, Clay. We don't know. Yeah. That, and we, how we think it's strategic ambiguity to keep China on its back foot. There's also the ambiguity of, yeah, we're not really sure how we'd handle that. And even scarier, who's going to make that decision in the Biden White House? It ain't Joe Biden. I mean, the guy can barely stand in front of a television monitor and read. Commander Ron Klain, man, you put that guy out there, put some medals on his chest, you know? He's not the it's chief like the of staff anymore. the second coming of Napoleon. He's not the chief of staff anymore. I'm like, and Susan Rice is gone? I mean, I, I, I honestly am terrified of we effectively have a zombie president, right? Somebody who barely just kind of stumbles around, has no real idea what's going on. Zombie president is fine when the debate is, let's be honest, over whether we're going to raise the debt ceiling or not. Zombie president, the weekend at Bernie's presidency is not good if suddenly China invades Taiwan, and we don't even know. We got generals who are concerned about whether we're inclusive enough in our military. I read today in the Wall Street Journal that we're out of missiles. Like, somehow we haven't produced enough missiles because of all the stuff we've been giving Ukraine. Like, these seem to be significant flaws that would be arising in the event that China invaded we, Taiwan. We have... One facility that 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 makes black powder, which is necessary. That doesn't seem ideal to me, Buck. I'm no, not an expert in munitions. Not but awesome. That does not seem ideal. No, especially because you know you're making an explosive, and when yeah. you're making an explosive, bad things can happen that could throw off and and have happened. By the way, at that at that facility, I think it was other the Times, the Wall Street Journal, writing about this over the weekend. You need uh, black powder as because it's very easy to ignite so it in the explosive train is part of the ignition for tomahawk missiles for yep. really important really expensive weaponry in the u.s arsenal and we've only got one place that makes them 
And really, their business is a lot of it is hobbyists who make those rockets that you put in your backyard. You remember those? Did you ever do that? Oh, yeah. My dad was into that for a little while. I remember. I that. think, by the way, the Biden administration shot down a few of those hobby rockets. Those rockets <laughs> were a menace. Remember how that story just vanished? Biden shut down three different unidentified flying objects. They were like, oh, we couldn't find them. And then these random people were like, yeah, we think it was our hobby plane. Uh, you know, our hobby, hobby balloons, balloons, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, those hobby balloons were asking for it, though. You know, they were talking smack about Joe, and Biden just wasn't going to have it anymore. So he blew those balloons out of the sky. But, yeah, no, we we have a uh, – we would not be able to sustain in a variety of – on a variety of levels uh, a two-front war if we had to for any period of time. We don't. We wouldn't have the logistical ability to do it. We wouldn't have the personnel ability to do it right now. I mean, I think that's increasingly clear, and that's not a good place for the world's – Supposed only superpower to be in, but guys, don't worry about it. Biden's got the you know diversity and inclusion mantra going, and everything's going to be th- that is our strength. Missiles for the military? About no, this, that's not the strength. Did you see they released new photos of Barack Obama's raid when they killed uh, Osama bin Laden? I I remember Biden advised against the raid. Biden advised against the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. He's wrong on everything. So we want him there when suddenly the phone rings and Taiwan's under assault? You know, there's a, I, I think there's a, an ETF basically that trades, uh, buys and, buys and sells stocks based on the opposite of what Jim Kramer from CNBC does. Do you know this? This is a real thing. <laughs> no. So it's a real thing. Like there are people really who invest. Well. You just go, I, I think it's doing pretty well. I, I don't quote me on that. I think it's doing pretty well, but it does the, whatever Jim Cramer tells you to buy, do the opposite of it. And it's a fun. You can go check it out online. Um, for foreign policy, you should have that for Joe Biden. Whatever Joe Biden has wanted to do on foreign policy, you should do the opposite of it. And that would be the, uh, the better way to go. Um, anyway, we'll come back into this. Also, let's take some of your calls. 800-282-2882. When a service member or first responder dies or is severely injured in the line of duty, who is there for them or the families left behind? Who's helping our homeless veterans and our nation to never forget 9-11? The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundation's in-the-line-of-duty programs are comprised of its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Veteran Homelessness programs. Each of those are dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. The foundation's never-forget programs engage people in remembrance across America. They schedule over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, as well as dozens of golf outings and barbecues. My wife, Carrie, and producer, Allie, have both participated in these fundraising efforts. Carrie's actually going to be doing it again soon. Ninety-five cents of every dollar you donate goes to Tunnel to Towers for the important work they do. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Join both of us in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're closing up shop here on Clay and Buck for the day, but it's a great time to remind you all to please subscribe to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast because we have additional deep dives, interviews. Uh, I spoke to Pedro Gonzalez, Ryan Gerdusky. Um, That'll be out this week. We've got... Uh, Clay and I doing our Sunday uh, Sunday hang session. Uh, Tudor Dixon show is going in the feed, so you'll hear Tudor Dixon uh, if you uh, subscribe and listen to everything we're putting out there. So please do subscribe to it, the iHeart app. Download the iHeart app uh, wherever you are. You can listen. And also check out clayandbuck.com VIP if you want to uh, support the show and, and be able to email us anytime directly. And uh, we see all those emails. I mean, look, man, Phyllis... Phyllis raised the idea, Clay, of me shaving the beard. I got the wife's approval. So, you know, Phyllis gets results. One of our VIPs, I'm just saying. You know, I think she's out in, like, Nebraska. So she says, shave, I shave. This is how this goes. We we are we are in the service industry, my friend. We serve this audience. You look so young uh, yeah. without the beard. Although it's starting to creep back. You need to get the razor I know. I'm going gonna, gonna to get, you know, I've, I have a, I have a, a you know, new razor now that I'm going to be trying out, too. So it's exciting stuff. Um, let's get Brad in Wisconsin. Brad, what's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, I listen to you every day. I enjoy the program. But I'll tell you, every time you guys talk about DeSantis being the number one choice for us voters out here, I got to tell you, I, I don't know where you're getting your info, but everybody in this neighborhood is voting for Trump. And uh, where have you know, we said can DeSantis I, Brad, can is I the ask number you, one honestly, option? I mean, today, yeah, yeah I, I, not, I don't think either of us, well, first of all, I know neither of us have ever said that. And I mean, today we're talking wait about how. Wait a minute, I, it, just, I just heard you guys say that the, the preferred guy to make the Republican ticket would be DeSantis. 
Nobody said that. No one said, Brad, you weren't listening to the show. No one said that on the show. That was not said. I said, I said that I think the vast majority of Americans, if they could, would. Well, I don't know where you're getting your info, but I'm. I mean, we literally talk on the show. That's where we're getting our info. I said, look, if you cancel out two old guys, I think the majority of Americans would prefer that we had a younger matchup. And if we had a younger matchup. You're I think it would be DeSantis Trump? versus Newsom. You're going to try to compare ref- Trump to, uh, to Biden? There's no way. Trump will run. The data reflects that, I agree, Trump is in far better condition and mental acuity than Joe Biden. But if Joe Biden is 82 and Donald Trump is on the stage with him at 78, Independent voters are not going to look at two really old guys and say, oh my goodness, I've got a major generational choice to make here, right? So I think the number one vulnerability of Joe Biden is his age. I think if Trump is the nominee, that makes the number one uh, vulnerability of Joe Biden less significant. So do you disagree? I, I disagree with you. I, I think when you put... Well, hold on. Trump let me just ask you. Biden. Hold on. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Joe Biden at 82 is too old to be president? He's too old right now. Come on. <laughs> I So you agree with me. So if you run a 78-year-old against him, if you run a 78-year-old against him, then for many people, you're going to vote Trump. I'm going to vote Trump. Buck's going to vote Trump in that scenario, but we're not the ones who are going to determine the outcome. For the independent voter, many of them are going to say, ah, it's just two old white guys. It doesn't really matter which way I go. I'm going to vote like they did in 2020 for Biden over Trump. Again, we said I, I, I just, Trump is not one independent six, six, so, six now I understand. By the way, Brad, I, I always want to, of course, you know, be be fair. Now I understand what you're saying when you call it. I, I just thought it was interesting because today we've been talking about how Trump's going to be the nominee and how do we get Trump to win. So, you know, no, you know, that's that's a separate um, that that was earlier on in the program. I thought maybe you thought we were saying that DeSantis is going to be enough, which we've never said. It looks likely that Trump will be the Republican nominee. And then I think Clay's talking about winning over in independent voters but um yeah he, he was making a different point but I, I think we've uh i think we've clarified a little bit more where we are thank you for calling in brad from wisconsin appreciate you uh patrick in salt lake city got some thoughts on the debates patrick how you doing not too bad great to hear you guys thank hey, you just real quick because i know time's short there's one reason biden can't debate because he can't he won't be allowed and he's incapable the reason Trump shouldn't debate is because he's a gunslinger throwing lead down the range, and until somebody proves themselves worthy of coming back at him, it doesn't do him any good to sit there and try to just be downplayed. Can I ask you a quick question, Patrick? If someone in your mind, I'm just cur- I'm just curious, if Trump and any of the challengers against him get to a place where they're within, you know, ten points of each other in the polls, do you think then Trump should and and has to debate, or you think he'll still say no? Oh, of course he does. He has to because we need to know what's really going on. And there's so many people that are, you know, a little down on Trump that they have to have some minds changed. And if he doesn't change minds, he can't win. I think, again, thanks for the call. The point on Trump is he's up so much right now. Strategically, I think he's right. I don't think he needs to debate in the Republican primary. 
But your point, I, I, I said this a while back. I think Biden's going to try to avoid him. If Trump says, hey, I won't debate in the RNC, that probably does give Biden a little bit yep. of a door to open it up and say, I'm not going to platform him. He is too dangerous. His ideas, I don't respect him enough to get on a stage with him. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 